Hey, it's Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Redefined Church Podcast. I'm so glad that you're taking part of your day to join us. I hope this message challenges you. I hope that it inspires you. But more importantly, I hope that it helps you grow spiritually. If you want to be a part of what we're doing here at Redefined Church, you can always support us by going to liveredefined.com forward slash give. I hope you enjoy today's message. So in 2017, we had just moved here. It was December of 2017. And uh, we had moved into a one-owner house that um, had original carpet. It was built in 1950. The carpet was disintegrating under our feet. And I was like, man, like, come on, Lord. Like, seriously, when you move, you think you're moving up. And this was definitely a lateral move for us house-wise, right? Well, it was really, we moved into a lot smaller house. And so I'm there. I'm kind of frustrated um, at where we're at and what's going on. We're all sleeping in the living room on air mattresses because our stuff still isn't here. And it's it's New Year's Eve. And um, I've never been a fan of New Year's Eve because it's always been a reminder that, uh, one, it's another year. So it's always been kind of sad to me, right? And then it's always a reminder that, man, at some point I failed to do what I said I was going to do. I had this New Year's resolution. I had this thing that I was... I was really excited about. I had great, um, <clears throat> I had great intentions, but uh, January thirty first is always that time. Where I'm like, oh man, I kind of I dropped the ball on that. And so in December of two thousand seventeen, uh, we were staying up. Me and Heather were staying up. Our kids were asleep um, on air matches, and we were staying up to watch the ball drop. And as uh, we're there, I'm seeing Times Square. I'm seeing everybody. Uh, I'm seeing big crowds of people, and they're just going nuts. And I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, what are these people celebrating? Like, what is the? I know it's New York, Times Square. It's got to be crazy. I've never been. And so um, I looked at Heather and I said, "What are we? Am I just staying up to kiss you goodnight?" And I've told you part of the story before. I'm going to give you the full thing today. And and so I had to realize, like, what, like. Did we live a good year? Like for the first time I asked myself, like, shouldn't they, well, they should be celebrating a good year. So did I live a good year? And we had just made the biggest transition, biggest decision, biggest step of faith in our entire lives. And as, as, as an individual, but, but as a married couple too, and with three kids. And so um, I couldn't sleep that night. I remember tossing and turning at about 3.30. I turned and I kind of nudged Heather and I said, hey, I said, what? what do you want to be this year? No, no. I said, who do you want to be this year? And she said, what? Go to sleep. Like it's three in the morning. Okay. And so I couldn't get it off my mind. I thought, man, I want to be the, the greatest husband I've ever been this year. And we go through and we kind of identify what we're going to be. And that year I got really intentional. I got really intentional about who I was going to be that year, and I purposed, I purposed to live uh, a great year. I purposed that 2018 was going to be a great year. And so then I'll finish the second half of the story here in just a second. So then my question to you is, is how are you um, purposing or what is your new year preparation look like? What does your 2021 look like right now? Is there a preparation happening? Where is your focus? Are you focused on getting um, back to reality, um, getting back to your job full time, getting back, getting your kids back to school, um, getting healthy? What is your focus for 2021? Of all the hats, of all the hats that you wear, which hat needs to be taken off? Which hat needs to be rotated? Where is your focus? from being a husband or a wife, to a mother or father, to a leader, to a boss or a teacher. Maybe you're a nurse. Maybe you're in some type of leadership position. Maybe you're an employee. Which hat needs to be taken off? Which hat needs to be rotated right now? And out of all of your priorities, what takes priority to start 2021? Is it you? Is it, man, I've really got to focus. I know it's been nine months and I've had time, but really it was all kind of discombobulated. I'm just now figuring out that, man, this is an opportunity for me to get healthy. Is it you? Is it your family? Is it your kids specifically? Is it your spouse? Is it your husband or your wife specifically? Is your priority being a better boss? Is it, is your priority doing more at your job? 
moving the ball forward, climbing the proverbial ladder, if you will? Is your focus to please others so you can gain some position, so you can gain some influence? Is your priority God in all of this? And that should have really been said first. Today, I'm going to help you look at practical steps. But in this, what you need to understand is it's going to take some serious, some serious intentionality on your part. You're going to have to be, dil- uh, you're going to have to be diligent. Because, and, and the final thing is this, to live a good year, it's going to take consistency. You must be consistent. And so, consistency means this. God, it's not going to be consistency from God. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? So then we don't get more of him, he gets more of us. And that's really kind of the, the first kind of push I have for you. So then if this year, your first go- your first goal should be that, that God gets just a little bit more of you. And to live a good year, you really need to look at Psalm 16, verses 5 through 11. And we're going to do this full screen. It says, You, Lord, are all I have, and you give me all I need. My future is in your hands. How wonderful are your gifts to me, how good they are. I praise the Lord because he guides me. And in the night, my conscience warns me. I am always aware of the Lord's presence. He is near and nothing can shake me. And so I am thankful and glad, and I feel completely secure because you protect me from the power of death. I have served you faithfully, and you will not abandon me to the world of to the world of the dead. You will show me the path that leads to life. Your presence fills me with joy and brings me pleasure forever. Forever. And so my hope today is that in 2021, you will grow a little bit closer to God. You will move a little bit forward. You'll take one step in your relationship with God by taking practical steps we're going to talk about today. It's going to be in your day by day. And here's why. Because apart from God, you can do nothing. John 15 tells us that. Apart from God, you can do nothing. So if you set out in 2021 to go by yourself, to do it alone, you will fail, and you will likely fail again. Or this time next year, it won't be what you want it to be or what you expect it to be, and you'll justify it or blame somebody else. And so then let Psalm 16 be your guide this next week and really be your guide to the first of the year. Read it daily. Read it daily. I'm not saying to memorize and make it, make it some you know thing, but read it daily. Think on it. Write about it. Believe it for your life. Believe it for your life. This week between Christmas and New Year's has always been important to me. It's always been a huge week in my life. And I say always, probably for the last, uh, my, my adult years, right? So almost 20 years now. It's been 20, 20 plus years. I'm getting older. Um, it's been an important week for me. And there are a lot of churches who are taking this week off. There are a lot of churches who are laying low, and I feel like, and this is just me, I live this, and so I feel like, man, if there is an important week, like this this ending to 2020, the ending to every year is important. Christmas, huge time, huge time to reach the lost. Christmas, we're celebrating Jesus. The week before the new year, huge week, huge week, because we want to prepare to live a great next year, great 2021 in this case. And so how do we do that? I live this, I do this. And so um, I'm going to share it. I'm going to share it with you. Uh, the thing is, is it's, um, I want to challenge you before that. I want to challenge you to make it the same way. Make this week, if you're taking notes right now, again, this is going to be a heavy note-taking day. Make this week the week in your life where you actually sit and you look back and you look forward. You have a great opportunity between Christmas and New Year's to kind of set your path or set the track that you're going to walk down. And so I want to challenge you today to treat this week the same way that I do because, it, man, it brings so much life and health into, um, into your life. It takes two things. It takes time. I'm sorry. It takes patience and understanding. Patience meaning God's timing is better than your timing. Patience. And it takes understanding that God's will is more important than your will. So I guess that's the second assumed thing. The first one is you believe the Bible is the truth, universal and changing. And the second is, This is going to take patience, meaning God's timing is better than your timing. 
And understanding, meaning God's will, is greater than your will. And so then the gap between Christmas and New Year, uh, New Year's is the perfect opportunity to do two things. Reflect and dream. Reflect and dream. Reflect on the year that you lived in 2020, that back there, which makes us all sick, right? <laughs> so reflect on the year that you lived. And now I'm going to dream about the year I will live. So then two things, two things that you want to do this week every year. Reflect on the year you live, and I'm going to teach you how to do that, and then dream about the year you will live, and we're going to talk about how to do that too, okay? So this takes some time alone with some peace and quiet. What I'm looking for is some peace and quiet, right? If you've seen What About Bob, I'll be peace. I'll be quiet, right? Need some peace and quiet. It takes intentional conversation with your uh, husband or wife. It takes honesty. It takes honesty. Being honest with yourself being honest in your relationships, being honest in your relationship with God. And it takes hope and a hope that is rooted in the gospel. We call it certain. If you remember, if you missed the Christmas, uh, the message before Christmas was on December 20th, you go back. We talked about hope, that message. You're going to need that hope to live a good year. So to get started, uh, this time every year, you need to ask yourself three questions. You need to ask yourself three questions if you're taking notes. The first question is this, by the way, I'm going to give you all the scripture up front, and then we're going to dive into the practical side of this. And so uh, I'm not going to post these on the screen, so just make sure that you're taking notes, or you can screenshot these because Wyatt's going to put them up. The first question you're going to ask yourself is, where am I? Where am I? Honest. And if you say, well, it's not just me, it's us. Where are we? Where am I or where are we? And there's two scriptures for the reason you ask this. It's Acts 20, 28. Be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock that God has appointed to you. What is it saying? Check yourself. Where are you at? Examine your hearts. It's it's 1 Corinthians, right? Examine your hearts. See where you are. Where are you? Where are you? And the flock, where are we? Proverbs 27, 23 says, Be sure to know the condition of your flocks. Give careful attention to them. Be sure. Be sure to know where you are. You must know where you are. Okay. Number two question, where have I been? Where have I been? Where have I been? Why do I need to know where I've been? Because to know where I'm going, I need to know where I'm at. To know where I'm at, I need to know where I've been. It's kind of a track, right? And so then where have I been? Lamentations 340 says, let us examine our ways and test them and let us return to the Lord. Let us return to the Lord. Where have you been? Have you been with the Lord all year? Have you drifted? We're going to talk more about that. The second scripture is James 1, 22 through 24. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? Have you been operating in truth? Where have you been? The third scripture is Romans 12, 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Have you conformed to your surroundings this year? Has a, have you lost a piece of yourself? Have you become something you didn't want to? Right? Are you stuck in a mindset? Are you stuck in a thought process? Have you, have you stayed renewed? Have you stayed renewed? Where have I been? The last scripture uh, for this is 2 Corinthians 13, 5. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do, do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. Have you been operating in faith? Have you failed along the way? Is that eating you up? Don't let it. Romans 3.23 says, we've all failed. We've all failed. We've all failed. And what you need to know is um, Proverbs 24.16 says, the righteous man is going to fall down seven times, but he's going to get up eight, or she's going to get up eight. And so then we all fall. We all fall. We all fail. It's all good. Don't let that beat you up. Where have you been? Where have you been? 
The third question is, where am I going? Where am I going? Four scripture references for this. This will be on the bottom of your screen. Habakkuk 2, 2 through 3 says, The Lord replied, Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. So I mean, write the vision, write the plan down, make it plain, make it readable. It doesn't need to be elaborate. And write it down so plainly and so clearly, so concise that you can run, that you can run with it. Proverbs 16, 9 says, The heart of a man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. Psalms 37, 23 through 24 says, The steps of a man are established by the Lord. When he delights in his way, though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong, for the Lord upholds his hand. Get up eight times. And then finally, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. So if you screenshotted those, the questions were, where am I or where are we? Where have I been? Where am I going? Those are all reflection questions. You do you ask yourself these three questions at this time every year. And I think what I want you to see in that last one is this, that where am I going? The Bible gives us several affirmations. I just chose four, the four that are most pertinent, most meaningful to me. The Bible gives us several affirmations that no matter um, how lost we feel or how far away we feel, that God can always guide us in the right direction. God can always guide us in the right direction. So if you're lost today, today is meant to be an encouragement. It's going to encourage you. God is never far away. God is never far away. And so take comfort that in every circumstance, one, God's right there, but he's going to work everything out for the good of those who love him. And so that love is through that relationship that we have, right? So that said, there are a couple of things that you need to know. You've heard these before. And so to know where you're going, you need to know where you're at. To know where you're going, you know where you're at. Identify that. Identify. Two, if you aim at nothing, you're going to hit it every time. If you aim at nothing, you're going to hit it every time. We're not built to maintain. God did not create you to maintain something. And so then if you're, if you're going into 2021 without a plan, goal, dream, vision, hope, you shouldn't be. That's like low expectations. Well, if, if you don't want to be disappointed, don't expect anything. And God didn't create us to be that way, right? God, God called us to take ground and to, uh, to reach people, to build the kingdom, right? The last thing is this, my favorite quote, motivation will get you started. Habit will keep you going. Everybody's going to be motivated at the first of the year to do a lot of things, okay? And that motivation is going to run out. You need to create healthy habits, create good habits. Motivation will get you started. Habit will keep you going. And so now that we've addressed why and how to get to this point, right, that's all and here's what you need to know. I'm very strong in belief. It's one of my, it's my number two strength, belief. And so I'll come to you and, um, and I'll say something and I believe it so much. It's automatic to me that I won't add context. And so today I'm adding a lot of context to the things that are just in me. And so all because I believe this is going to help you, right? And so then now that we, now that we've kind of reflected now I want to dream with you a little bit. Let's move forward. We're going to ask ourselves three questions, okay, to move forward in 2020. Three questions. One, what am I preparing for? What am I preparing for, for 2021? I think I did it again. What am I preparing for in 2021? This is going to help you locate your hope. Where is that at? We identified that on the 20th. Number two, what are you expecting? What are you expecting in 2021? Again, and then how will you get there? By the way, what you're expecting, that is the spiritual law of sowing and reaping, right? For what you give with or what you measure, it'll be measured back to you. And so how much, you, how much of your, you know, your chips are you pushing in on 2021? Are you waiting? Now we've been in this holding pattern for ever, it seems like. It's nine months, but it's forever. Soon to be 10 months, right? 
And so where are you? Where are you in your expectation for 2021? And how will you get there? Knowing that any plan will work if you work the plan, right? The question you need to ask yourself is, and how will you get there is, is God in it? Is God in it? So let's map out your year. We're starting to get down to it. Let's map out your year. Big rocks here. There are 12 months in every year. My challenge to you is for you to give the first three days of every month to God by fasting and prayer. And you're saying, oh, that's a big commitment. I don't know if I can do that. Here's the thing. When you do this, you're going to remind yourself of these three questions, which are, what am I preparing for? What am I expecting? And how will I get there? Having identified and been very deliberate with that. Okay. Now I have 12 months. The first three days, I'm going to make sure to bring God into it. I'm inviting God in. Okay. Prayer only takes the place of what you fast. Okay. Fasting doesn't have to be food. Everyone's like, oh, man. You know, it could be TV, social media. These are all things that we've fasted before. TV, social media, music, a type of food, a hobby, uh, something you like to do um, that's kind of like splurging, right? Anything that's self-sacrifice, anything that's self-sacrifice. If you fast, if you hate broccoli and you're like, I'm not going to eat broccoli for these three days, first three days of the month, that doesn't count. doesn't count. What's good about when you do TV or social media, you normally tend to take that time that you're giving that thing up. One, you're inviting God into the process with you, into your life, into every month with you, right? Um, but the same thing happens is now this gives me a chance, an opportunity to talk to God about it. So anytime I would do one of these things, I pray. Does that mean, well, well, I normally binge Netflix for 17 hours. And so does that mean I have to pray for 17 hours? Now, I, you know, I, there are certain types of people who can do that. I'm not one of them, and maybe you you aren't either. So no, but it means when you would do, commit that to prayer, right? Why do you want to fast? It increases your prayer life. It shows God that you're serious, and it's spiritual. It's spiritual. It includes God. It includes God. When you look in the Bible, you can see almost, I'm not going to say, that's, that's probably treacherous. Nearly every time people are fasting and praying, victory follows. Well, I want to win every month, and I want you to win every month. And so I would say, find something to give up, to sacrifice, to give to God for the first three days of every month. And increase your prayer life on those three days and see what happens. See what, see what happens. All right, let's go to your day or to your weeks. Now, there's 52 weeks. 52 weeks. I want you to give one day a week to God. It's called the Sabbath. It's a rest day, and this is a day that we turn off, that we shut off. We shut everything off. It's almost impossible these days. Again, it takes diligence, it takes intentionality, and it takes consistency. Why? Why do I need one day off? God rested one day after he created everything, and he asked us to do the same thing. Take one, one rest day from your work. I'm going to jump into this a little bit deeper here, so stay with me. What? Well, wait a second. Okay, that's good. That why? What is the Sabbath? It's it's essentially one day of rest per week. It must be kept holy, which means I'm going to unplug and essentially rest. Right now, some people find rest riding a lawnmower. Ride that thing all you want. Okay. Some people find rest like me. I love getting stuff done around the house. That that re, re, uh, reinvigorates me or. or <laughs> refuels me. It refreshes me. It makes me feel like I've moved the ball forward. It gives me life. It's not really work. Whatever that is, okay, just take a Sabbath. So that means no ministry for me one day a week. That tends to be Mondays, right? So that's tomorrow for me. And so here are the five reasons why Sabbath rest day is so important. Number one, for nearly all of human history, life has consisted of work. It's been about work. Humans are beasts of burden, right? The Sabbath changes that by insisting that we cease working one day out of every seven. It changes how life has been and how human history has been. Number two, no matter how materially rich or poor you are, the Sabbath day is, is what makes us take a break from material things right? And, and takes us from material beings to spiritual beings, right? We're elevated. The Sabbath reminds us 
at least one day a week that we are sacred, that we're spiritual, that we have a soul to feed, not just a body. Number three, more than anything else, the Sabbath reminds us that we are free. The Sabbath reminds us that we are free. Only free men and women can take a day off. Only free men and women can take a Sabbath. So then, that means people who choose to work seven days a week are not free. Are not free. They're slaves to their job. Even the millionaire that wants to work seven days a week and just stay on the grind, he's a slave to his job. It's not free. Fourth, the Sabbath almost single-handedly creates and strengthens our family ties, our relationships, our friendships, who's close to us. When a person takes one day a week off of work, that almost inevitably becomes a day that they spend with people, with the human race, right? Which is what we're about. You think about this, if you ask somebody who's married, right? Ask somebody married to a workaholic if they know how good it is for, for his or her marriage when they take a day off. What happens that day? What happens that day? And you see that those people appreciate the Sabbath a lot because they realize, I don't get this very often. That's why I believe vacations have became so important to us or so uh, not important, but like it's that thing. The vacation's the Sabbath, right? The problem is we take a seven to 10 day vacation and it takes three days to mentally unplug from work, two days. And then the last two days we're dreading going back to work. And so me and Heather used to, we would take a trip down to Florida. This seven-day trip was a nice trip. But it would take me two days to get out of work. And then for the last day, I was just like, ah, I'm going to work one day. And so then our vacation was always short. And then I got smart and thought, okay, we make this 10 days. And we're going to drive somewhere, who cares where, somewhere cheap. And we're going to stay there and get all the, get all the work juices out. And then we're going to... Once we've been there for a day and a half, day, two days, we'll go and we'll be on vacation. We'll be there the whole time. It'll be amazing. And so then the Sabbath is so important. I think that's why vacations feel like that. So a lot of, um, a lot of people argue that um, taking a day off is a problem, right? That they could do it on their own, even if it wasn't in the Bible. Even if God didn't ask us to do it, if God didn't ask us to take a Sabbath, they would say, well, I could take a day off. The, but the fact that God's asking me to is the reason that I'm not, and that's ignorant, and that's foolish, right? Because it's about your health. The Sabbath is about your health. And so people can decide on their own to take a day and spend it with their spouse or family, but the reality is, is they don't. They don't. And so um, Sabbath takes commitment. The fifth thing is this. The Sabbath increases your productivity. It provides a recharge. It refreshes your heart, your perspective, your mind. It keeps God first. And when God's in it, it's all good. The Sabbath re-energizes re you and allows you to look forward to what you do, right? Not like, oh man, you know, uh, the sleepy Sundays, we would like talk about going back to work on Monday and how I would be restless. I would be restless on Sunday nights thinking all oh, the stuff I have to do tomorrow. And so I couldn't even sleep. So I was like in my head, I'm already looking at my whiteboard. And I know what all that means. I'm just like, oh, that's all waiting on me. And so then when you take a day off from that, you tend to go in with a little bit different fire. The sixth thing is this. God plays a role in the Sabbath. This is spiritual. This is spiritual. Just as faith in God brings people to a, a Sabbath, like we believe in this, right? We believe in this. Observing the Sabbath brings people uh, to faith in God. In our secularized, modernized societies, very few activities bring people to a relationship with God as effectively as, as devoting one day a week to spiritual refreshing, not just to material things, right? This is why Sabbath is important. So what you need to know is this. You don't need to be a Jew or a Christian or even a believer in God to receive everything that a Sabbath brings to your soul. The benefits are huge. You just need to remember that you're a spiritual being first. You're a spiritual being first. Now, we've talked the year. We've talked the week. That Sabbath is a huge point in your week. Let's talk the daily, okay? I hope you're tracking with me. I hope I'm not talking too fast. 
your daily is how you're going to stay on track. Those three questions that we ask, uh, what are you preparing? What are you expecting? And how do you know? Like, how will you get there? This is how you're going to track this. Okay. You want to come to these times every day rested, healthy, refreshed. You want a fresh perspective and you want to have a great expectation. You want to have a great expectation. Now, everyone's quiet time or chair time or prayer time is going to be different. I'm not here to tell you how to do that. Okay. That's up to you and that's up to God. And that's, that's, you're going to move forward in your own pace. If you want to have a conversation about it, you want to dig a little bit deeper. I would love to have that with you. You can email me anytime. Dusty at liveredefined.com. So how you meet with God is how you meet with God. Now I will tell you this, that through your prayer, chair, reading, writing, uh, worship, silence, solitude, whatever that is, in that writing is a part of it. Writing is a part of it. And today I'm going to recommend that you would get a notebook for this year and just put the year right inside of it. Just put the year right inside. And you're going to need that to start your year. If you're going to live a good year, you're going to need a notebook. Trust me. I discovered journaling seven years ago. There are seven here, but there's two. There's two years in here. I'm fixing to start my third year in my Levenger. And seven years ago, I decided to start journaling and it changed my life. Stay with me, please. It changed my life. It helped me lead my life. It helped me lead my marriage. It helped me lead my family. Okay. It helped me lead my days, which helps me lead my years. If journaling turns you off or it sounds like a diary or it sounds too wimpy because you're a type A personality, hang tight. I'm that person too. Okay. I thought some of those same thoughts about journaling. I was like, no way am I ever going to have a diary. I will not journal, right? And the reason I had those thoughts is because, one, I had the wrong definition in my head of what it was and the wrong idea of what it was, and I was doing it wrong. I was just doing it wrong. And so I love to write. I love to write. I minored in journalism. I love to write. Writing is easy for me. I can create content like no other, okay? Matter of fact, I craft sermons for guys every week who take what we're doing here and just go and take it. You guys are welcome, okay? I love to write. I love to write. I just don't like writing about me. And I definitely don't like writing about my feelings, right? And so then, I had an idea of what journaling was in my head, but I was wrong and I was doing it wrong. And so then before you start with your journal, with your notebook, before you start with this, okay, here's my first one ever. I got it from a drive conference in Atlanta. It's my first journal. Before you start writing, identify the purpose and set the expectation. It should be on the bottom of the screen. Identify the purpose and set the expectation of what you want from your journal. Okay? I want to help you do that today. Your journal should include two things. Two things. We started with both of them. One, a place to reflect. This is a place to reflect. Get it out of your forehead. You've got to get it out of your forehead because 80% of the stuff in your forehead is negative. Well, who likes reflecting on negative? Nothing. It makes me, it makes me say tomorrow's going to be terrible, right? And so if you're going to live a good 2021, get a journal and reflect. You have to reflect. I'm going to tell you how to do that. Number two, it gives you a place to dream, reflect and dream. Now, how do you do that? How do you do that? Reflect is about yesterday. It's about yesterday. Dreaming is about today. How to dream. If dream offends you or you're bothered by the word dream, think of another word. Doesn't matter. Call it uh, optimism. I don't know what you want to call it. Hope, a place to hope. If you want to have your hope rooted in the Bible and the truth. And so then, when you write about yesterday, you have to be very careful. I said a little bit of this. It's easy to get negative and live in the what if. In the what ifs. Well, what if? I played that game for too long. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, it's easy to trend negative when you start thinking about yesterday. And so, when you're going to write, you need to form the questions that you want to answer. 
form the questions you want to answer, but you've got to be honest with yourself. If you, if you ask yourself soft questions that you can generally answer every time, it's going to be hard to move forward. And then when you go back to it, you're like, ah, this is a waste of my time. I'm not doing this anymore. That's what I did. I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. Right? And sometimes you got to talk yourself into it. And so today I'm going to let you steal my questions. Remember, you must form the questions you want to answer. I am going to let you steal my questions, give them to you. If they work for you, take them. If they don't, create your own. Create your own, okay? By the way, journaling, writing, whatever you want to call it, um, I don't care what you call it. It's going to take you less than five minutes a day, okay? Once you figure out the questions you want to answer, it'll take you less than five minutes a day. And so hopefully I'm kickstarting that. First thing I ask, what energized me? Remember, yesterday is a time to reflect and answer where am I? Where am I? Yesterday's about reflection. Where am I? One, what energized me? Two, what was the high point? My high point. What was my high point? Three, where did I get it right? Where did I get it right? Four, where am I winning? One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Good. Now, here are the two I didn't give you, and I had to learn through this, the two I didn't give you. <laughs> what hurt me, and what would I do differently? And the problem is, when I was writing, when those were included in my journaling, I could, I could list a ton of stuff that hurt me that I didn't like, and a ton of stuff that I would do different. I could list that very well, okay? And so, when you hang on those questions, you tend to turn negative, and you get this feeling of regret or like you took a big L, like you lost, okay? And so then when you, answer, when you ask these questions, if you don't get intentional with those questions, like right now you're thinking, oh, like I don't really care about being energized or uh, I get it, where did I get it right? I, I get it right, don't you look at me, I walk around. I am right, okay? Where am I winning? If you're not intentional with these questions, here's how you're going to answer every time. This is what I did, so I'm, I'm sharing it with you. What energized me today? Man, at work, I got this and this and this and this and this done. Man, that fuels my fire. Love that, got that done. What was my high point? My high point was when I walked into that meeting and I said, hey, here's where we're going and everybody jumped on board. That was amazing. Where did I get it right? I tell you what I got right was, and, and you can pull these two together. Where I, where I got it right was, um, when after that meeting, when uh, somebody came over and said, I love this direction, this is where I need to go. And I found my approval in what they said, right? Where am I winning? I'm the boss. How am I not winning, right? That's answering this very generally. That's not being intentional at all. Now, let's go back to these questions. What energized me? Now, let me challenge you because how we started this, we talked about, um, as uh, when you're being intentional about where are you at with your priorities, with, um, with your uh, expectations or all those things. And so then now what if I ask these questions with what we talked about at the start? Let me just find them because I'll, I'll, I don't want to mess this up. This just came to me, so I feel like we should go back and look at this. Okay. Yeah, how's your preparation go? Of all the hats that you wear, think about the hats you wear when you ask these questions. Think about the priorities you have when you ask these questions. So let's go back to these questions now. Now, yesterday, what energized me as a husband? Now we're being intentional. And because I was a workaholic, I answered these the first way I just went through them with you. And I couldn't see what was important around me, which are the who's in my life not the what's, not what I do. What energized me as a dad today? What energized me as a person in my community? This is why we want to be involved in the community, bring life, add value. What energized me as a pastor, as a leader? What energized me as a friend? Now we're getting somewhere. 
tell you what energized me as a husband was that 15 minutes I got to have on the couch with Heather and it was just complete silence, but we were there. Wow. I've been telling her it's been a, it's been a super busy month. Uh, Christmas Eve services took a lot out of us. And so for the last couple of days, I said, man, I just want to get, I just want to sit. I just want to sit with you and just have a fire going and just sit and enjoy. Like, I don't need any sound. I just need you. Like, that's it. And so that's what energized me. What was my high point? What's my high point as a dad? Um, I put uh, the kids' Christmas presents together and I watched them ride. It's my high point as a dad. It was yesterday. Where did I get it right? Where did I get it right? What I wrote down, where I got it right was my kids needed my help and I closed my laptop and I wouldn't help them. And I thought it was going to take me 20 minutes. It ended up taking me an hour and a half. But I made the right decision. Because the things that are in, in life that are important in life are not things, they're people. Where am I winning? Where am I winning as a husband? Quality time with Heather happens regularly. Quality time with my kids happens regularly. Where am I winning with my kids? Today's a perfect example. Um, like after we get done here, um, we're going to go and we're either driving, we're going to take some type of family trip, but it's just, uh, just to get out of the house and go do something. We're going to be trapped in a car, which is even tighter quarters, but that's where I'm winning. That's where I'm winning. Not bragging on myself. I'm telling you, it's taken me years to get here. Now, I didn't always value these things. What energized me used to be work. What well, my high point was used to be work. Where I got it right was work. Where I'm winning was work. It was all work related. And there was no people in it. It was all processes. And when I realized the most important things in life are people, everything changed. That's why I say to get a who to aware. That's our why is to get a who to aware, to get people to heaven. Right? And so then you must be intentional. Ask these questions and ask them and add those hats and those priorities on the end of them. And the things that you don't want to talk about are probably the things you should be asking yourself. If we're being honest now, let's switch gears. Let's go to today. Today is where you dream. It's where you're going, right? Where am I going? I'm dreaming today. We're going to write about four things about today. What did I read? I'm going to reflect on what I read. I'm going to recognize where I can win today. And I'm going to write. What does this mean? What did I read? Well, I read um, my YouVersion Bible study and I read... Luke. Okay, cool. Write that down. Now, reflect on it. What did God say? Did you highlight anything? Did you underline? Did something jump off the page at you? Or were you just doing it to do it? Reflect on it. Oh, this is a good point. Man, what a great reminder. Man, I really needed that today, Lord. Thank you so much. Write it down. Write that down. Now, recognize. Okay, now I'm getting practical. Recognize. Where can you win today? Open that calendar. Here's what I've got on the schedule for today. I've got this at 9, this at uh, 10, 15, this at noon. Ooh, that's going to be a good lunch. I've got an opportunity there. Da, 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 da. Recognize where you can win today. Then commit it. I'm going to win here today. Recognize it. Write it down. You're going to come back to this. That's why you're writing it down. This isn't something, and this is why journaling fails, is we write it down, and then it just goes to the cloud, and we never reference it again. You're going to reference this. And then you're going to write. Now, writing means you can write anything you want to write. What are you stressed about today? What are you caring? What are you feeling? What do you hate right now? Write it down. Get it out of your head and get it on paper. Then we're going to pray and we're going to give this to God, right? So we're closing. We're closing. How do we put your year together? We've talked about the year. We've talked about your week. We've talked about your day, okay? And we're going to write every day. And every day we write, we're going to we're going to reflect and write about yesterday, and we're going to dream. We're going to write about today. How do you put your days and weeks together to live a good year? Once per week, if you're taking notes, write this down. This will not be a screenshot. Once per week, likely on your Sabbath, okay? You're going to review your journal. Once per week, this used to be uh, my Fridays. Right now, it is, um, it's twice a week, and I'm inconsistent. And I just want to tell you, 
just because I'm telling you about journaling and I've been doing it for seven years, I've missed 26 days of journaling this year. This year, it's the most I've ever missed, but there it is. I've missed 26 days. So you're not gonna be perfect. Guess what you do when you miss? You go back and you and you say, oh man, I didn't journal yesterday? You go back and go, okay. You try to recall it to memory. And if you can't, be honest. Missed. Write it down, okay? Once a week, you're gonna go review your journal, okay? You're gonna highlight it. You're just highlighting these questions that you've asked yourself. You're gonna take notes. You're gonna essentially recap the week. Recap the week. What stood out to you, okay? What did you write down more than once? If you wrote that down more than once, there's probably a reason for it, okay? Highlight it. And whatever stood out and whatever you wrote down more than once, those are action steps for next week. Those are action steps for your next week. Write those down, okay? Then once per month, once per month, this is a great option. Uh, I've only done this one year, once per month. I, I tend to love my once a year. But once per month, um, you're going to take two to four hours and you're going to review your four weeks that month, okay? Review the month. The four pages that you have reviews on, you're gonna take notes, you're gonna highlight, and you're gonna recap that month. Then you're gonna take just a few minutes and you're gonna pray and you're gonna worship and you're gonna celebrate your wins. You're gonna celebrate your wins so your year can trend positive, okay? And now once per year, this is what we're doing today. This is what we're doing today. Once per year, you're gonna review your journal, okay? You're gonna review your journal and this is why this week is super important to me, okay? This is a personal retreat. This is one to three days. This is an intentional in-depth Sabbath. To one, review your journal. So you're either gonna have 52 pages or 12 pages, depending on if you um, did them once a month or did it once a week, okay? So you take those 12 or those 52, and what you're gonna do is review them, okay? You're gonna highlight and record your wins. Write down the wins. This is how you're gonna live a great life. You're gonna write down your wins, okay? Then you're gonna pray in that time. You're going to nap. By the way, this all comes, you take this personal retreat for one day, two days, three days, whatever it is. It's never three for me, but that's what it needs to be. And what you do when you take this, you meet and talk and discuss with your wife in depth about the last year, about the next year. We pray, we get on the same page, and then we go, right? This is good for everybody, by the way. And so then you're going to pray, you're going to nap, you're going to rest, you're going to worship, you're going to unplug. You need zero technology. Zero technology, okay? You're going to read, you're going to write, you're going to dream, and you're going to put your new year on paper. You're going to commit it to paper. Because of those scriptures that we referenced at the very start of this message, okay? That's, that's how, okay? Let's go just a little bit deeper. Here's why. Here's why. What's going to happen when you write that down and you see it is this. You're going to see dates and times that God moved in your life. You're going to see dates and times that God moved in your marriage. And you're going to see dates and times that God moved in your family. And they'll all be answers to your prayers. And it's because you're intentional to write them down and to answer tough questions, to ask yourself tough questions and answer them. Here's the thing, on your Sabbath, I go a little bit in depth on the Sabbath. Personally, you need, you need one day weekly and that end of your retreat. That's what you need personally. You're a spiritual being first. You need to unplug one day a week from work, from work, and that once a year, you need that. You need that. Girls trips, whatever you guys, whatever you're doing, do it. Okay, marriage, I need a quarterly getaway. This is, and I don't just need that quarterly getaway. I need, I need intentional time during the week with my wife. So me and Heather, we have a nine month old. And so we don't have a bunch of, a bunch of together time right now without a baby. But in that time, we are very intentional. We don't watch TV every chance we get, although we'd want to. We read books together. We watch messages together. We do Bible studies together. We do watch, uh, I, I commit to watching one of her shows with her on a regular basis. It's normally on the Hallmark channel, okay? By the way, I saw this white same in the sign. I had this guy, says all Hallmark movies are the same. They're not. They're really close, but they're not, okay? That's for you, girl. 
And, um, and it comes with intentionality to where we're actually um, getting to know each other and not just, not just exhausted from the day and unplugging. And she sits over there on her phone and I sit over here on my phone. We don't do that. I'm not saying that's wrong, but what happens is we grow apart in that. And, and that's the one thing I don't want to do with my wife, right? That's the, that's the one thing that God brought you together. Let no man separate it. And sometimes the people who separate it are us. And it's because we get in our own way, right? And so then um, that marriage, you need to quarterly get away with your husband or wife. And that's not just like, well, we do that quarterly. No, we're going to have intentional times during the week to connect. And on the Sabbath for your families, two times a year, get away. Two times a year, get away with intentional time during the week. What's that mean? One-on-ones, group things, family day trips. Like, man, be intentional. I tell you what, the best thing we do right now is what we'll do today is when we get in a car, I go and buy like three Fagos. We all have a, a nice cold drink and we drive around and learn or just dream or see, but we're together. And that's it. And so then what happens from that is you see where God moves in your life. And they're all answers to your prayers. And so if you'll do this, what's going to happen is you're going to be able to sit down January 31st of 2021 and not just tell your spouse or your kids or your family or your friends that you lived a good year. You're going to see it. You're going to see it and you're going to be able to celebrate it. And so the end of my story is this. 2017, New Year's Eve, I asked Heather, just turned 2018, who do you want to be? And I made the commitment to do and be the best husband, dad, to be the best thing for my family I ever was. And at the end of the year, uh, for the first time, I was in-depth reviewing my journal, like in-depth. And I seriously went back and wrote down all of my wins. And I sat down, and I'll do this again this year, on January 31st, or December 31st, sorry, December 31st, 2021, you will sit down and you won't just be able to say it, you'll see it. And I did this and I'll do it again here in just a couple of days. And what happens is when you sit down, you start saying, hey, Cass, on February 14th, you did this. Man, I, I had been praying for four years that you would get it and you got it. And Oscar, I see that in um, March, you did this, you were this, you said this, and Laney and Heather, and guys, here are all the wins we had this year. Look at, look at everything that God did in our life. What a great year. Let's watch the ball drop. Can't wait, can't wait. We lived a good year, that's the goal. So then your action step today <laughs> is to get a journal to be intentional, and to be consistent. Well, hey, thanks so much for listening to today's message. I hope that it challenged you and that you'll take steps this week to have a greater faith and to go deeper in your relationship with God. If you want to know more about what's happening here at Redefined Church, you can visit us online at liveredefined.com. Follow us on social media at Redefined Church or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon.